this is the I Don't Want to Fit In podcast. I'm Anung of Courageous Creativity, a place where I help fellow misfits and black sheep create freedom on their own terms. This podcast is all about other stories of not staying in the box, living lives that are out of the normal. Hey guys, I have another great interview for you. So I have Shannon. Did I set, pronounce that right? Yes. Okay. Shannon Whaley. <laughs> I had a moment that I was like, oh my God, I actually didn't say it out loud the first time. But you are a business and visibility coach. Um, we met on Facebook. It seems like we're everywhere. I find my podcast people is on Facebook, but it's kind of a, must be a millennial thing right now. I know it's so hard to know where you meet people. It's like this group or that group, or maybe it's just on a, you know, following each other somehow. Yes. Okay. So I wanted to get you on because I've been following you for a couple of years. I actually met you through Natalie, who used to be a coach and now does uh, copy and stuff like that. And oh yeah. And so, like, I just I like the idea of your story of like where how you got to where you are now because the idea that we all stumble and trying to figure out what we want to do in life. It's never a linear thing, and but still great learning on the way. Awesome. Absolutely. And so how, how did you get started in your business? Like what was the trajectory like of how you got here? Oh, um, so, I mean, how far back do you want to go? Um, it's up to you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I had, um, I have a degree in psychology and feminist studies. And so I had worked as a drug and alcohol counselor and as a domestic violence counselor. And I realized, and I was in my twenties and I realized that I was going to cap out at my income and that was unacceptable for me. Um, And so I decided to leave the social services. Plus I was super burnt out and I became a hairstylist just kind of like, it was just kind of trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. I knew that hair was not my thing, but it just like seemed easy enough, which was false. (laughs) Doing hair is not, (laughs) it is not easy (laughs) or it wasn't easy for me anyway. Um, so I kind of fumbled around for, I don't know, seven. So I was a hairstylist for seven years. And then, so maybe just like 10 10 years or so, I just kind of did whatever. Um, And I moved to the Cayman Islands in 2013 on a whim and ended up getting sober six months after I moved there. And so then it was a matter of, okay, I need to get out of the restaurant industry because this is, uh, it's super toxic. Like there's, you know, lots of drinking and depending on where you're working, drug use. And so I needed to, or I wanted to really find a career that held me accountable and that I helped people follow their dreams and live really cool, amazing lives. And so I kind of just stumbled into coaching. That's kind of how it all happened. Because you moved after that. You're in Italy now? Yes. So I was in the Cayman Islands for four years and then I moved to the, I moved to Italy in 2017. Ah, yeah. So I've been to Italy. I absolutely love it there. So every time I see some of the stuff you put out there, I'm like, oh my God, I've been there. (laughs) (sighs) Such a magical country. Yes, it is. And so 
the uh, the idea of actually moving out of the country the, how much did that actually play in getting you where you are now so do you mean moving out uh, like it to the cayman islands or to yeah, Italy? Just out of america completely for me it's like the idea of just getting out of america yeah yeah i i just i needed a complete life overhaul if i knew that if i was going to quit drinking and quit just kind of taking a stab at my life, then I wanted to just really rip the bandaid off, shake things up. And so moving is what actually started this entire process for me. And so that kind of just, cause you had a very, it's a very different culture. Like it's not horribly different where you're like feel completely alien, but it was just enough of a a jolt of like, this is not normal for you. So you had to change kind of everything else around you to just not feel so alone. Yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely, I'm, so there's like a, there's a big difference, like moving from to the Cayman islands to moving to Italy because in the Cayman islands, they speak English. It's a British colony. And so it's still like Caribbean lifestyle, but it's also, it's island lifestyle. There are a lot of expats slash immigrants, whatever you want to call them. Um, just living their best lives, you know, drinking and partying. And if you imagine going to like Mexico or Hawaii for vacation and you're just, you know, you're, you're hanging out, you're drinking a lot. And, um, but then you go home back to your normal life. So just imagine that whole party for however long you live there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I I took all of my problems, all of my drinking issues that I had from Seattle and brought them packed in a a suitcase with me to the island. And so I just immersed myself into this crazy drinking culture that was like, if I don't stop, I'll have to leave the island. I'll have to move back home. And to me, that was not an option. It was easier for me to quit drinking than it was to tuck my tail between my legs and move back to Seattle. Which, of course, is not a bad thing. Like having that pride in yourself of like, no, I'm not going to fail at it. Like, yes, you kind of had a few bumps, but -hmm. it was not like you you didn't ruin your life. It was just you're bumpy around the (laughs) ways. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, the end of my drinking career was definitely full of uh, blackouts and being a shitty person. Um, And so it was definitely time to close up shop on that. And so how do you define how you help women in your coaching? Because I I do have a decent amount of coaches that I've interviewed. And I, I absolutely love when it comes to women, we're very, we niche down, but we are very, Mm -hmm. we're more creative on how we help the people we help and just kind of what we do. Cause I know I not, I'm not trashing on guys, but they're very big on like, we do just do finance or we just do business. And they're kind of more like big picture thing where the women's kind of like you get in deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I feel like my title, like business invisibility coach, like it's very in a box of sounding like what I do, but there's so much healing in, the work that I do with my clients, no matter what container, if it's a group program or one-on-one, my 
focus is really around storytelling, sharing my story and attracting my soulmate clients, building my community through storytelling and sharing my own story. And so what I help my clients do is learn how to share their own stories as well, because it's just so healing, not just to the storyteller, but to the world, to it, it just helps people feel less alone. It helps them feel seen. It it helps them feel heard and validated. And so when we can share our stories and help burn off the shame and all the baggage that we attach to our pasts, there's just a sense of freedom and liberation. And so with that, however, comes healing old wounds, healing old trauma, um, healing visibility wounds and the not good enough stuff, the too muchness, all of that. So yes, I'm a business and visibility coach and it's so, so much deeper than that. Okay. And so what are some of the things you love doing with your clients? Like what are some of the things you think that, that more people should be able to do in their lives, whether it's with you or another person? Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I do is helping my clients really add more pleasure and play into their lives and into their businesses. And the old way of marketing is that very like bro marketing, um, hustle, I'll sleep when I'm dead, uh, like very like masculine, like go, go, go. And that just doesn't work for women or, um, you know, people who have cycles like we do. And what I love doing is helping my clients really tap into pleasure, tap into play, uh, making their businesses, like really simplifying their businesses and helping them like rest more, sleep more, take more vacations, take better care of themselves because we're really told that, I mean, just as a society, like we're very capitalistic and it's just very productivity based. And so what we do is we say, well, I'll do all of these things. And then, you know, if I hit these goals, then I will celebrate, or then I'll take a bath or or self-care or go get a massage versus having that just be part of your life where you're taking care of yourself. You are resting and, um, scheduling your work around your play instead of the other way, which is what we're taught and conditioned to do. Yeah. And I definitely had that problem because I, I am a weird person where I am like a really, really early bird. Mm-hmm. Like I can get up like three thirty in the morning and be perfectly fine to just work. And so that's my mornings that I do like the admin stuff, my freelance work, the things that are kind of mindless. That's when I, I work my like three, four hours of doing that. But then I also, I take my time to like, I have a very long breakfast. I go for the walk with my dog. I make sure I go, mm-hmm. I can figure out time for the dog park. I make sure I schedule in a couple days a week where I just take all day to read. 
Like I want to awesome. just, I want to just binge. And of course my family makes fun of me because I'll go in like two days, I'll binge like six books and I, and I literally read it from front to back. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> I, I am, <laughs> I am a fast reader and I actually do remember everything I read, but it's like, I love the idea that we can change up our lives that way. Cause like my brother, he works in a regular business and a regular like company and everything else, but he works nights because that's how it works best for him. Mm-hmm. And he just he's he can still do whatever he wants during the day. He sleeps just as much as he wants. And it's just people kind of have to work around him on that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that because he's not doing anything bad. Like I I just I don't get how people are so like, no, happening has to be done at this hour, at this day, and you only supposed to have Sundays off. And because there's even like exactly. a push, there's a push in America too for like Saturdays are all the fun stuff you have to do. Like you have to go out with your kids, you have to do all your cleaning, you have to do all your outdoor chore stuff. And it's like, really? We have to? Like that doesn't sound like a day off. Exactly. Right. Right. And so they're like shoving all of this, like quote unquote, like fun play. Like it's just another thing to check off your list instead of actually enjoying it, actually living it and, and being part of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even go grocery shopping on the weekends anymore because that's when everyone else grocery shops. Why take the time? Why waste my time in that line when I can just I can go in like the mid morning on a Tuesday. Yeah, that makes sense. That's smart. And so what are some, what are some tips that you can give people to get at least started on the path to kind of either just living the life they want to live, moving somewhere, Mm -hmm. starting their own business, like whatever fits for you right now. (laughs) Mm. The biggest thing is surround yourself with people who are doing really cool things and who are doing big, scary things. The worst thing that you can do is be around people who don't believe in you, who doubt you, who make fun of you, who question your big goals. You really need to be around other big dreamers. Um, who validate you because some of the stuff, I mean, some like, for instance, like my move to the Cayman islands, it didn't make sense. It was ridiculous. It was, you know, I had to sell everything I owned and it was the best decision I've ever made. I just really launched my life into what it is today. So had I listened to the people who were like, Ooh, I don't know. That's like really scary. Um, I'd probably still be in Seattle. So also remember too, like when people give you advice, they give it, they give it to you based on their limiting beliefs on what they would do. So, you know, I had plenty of people in my life who never would have taken that leap. And so they found all the reasons why I shouldn't go. But then the people who have traveled internationally, who had moved abroad, all of them were like, yes, absolutely. This is brilliant. Do this. Like, how can I help you make this happen? So there's a huge difference between those different mindsets. Yeah, that is very true. I always, I always forget when I was in college, I actually took a year to study abroad and half the people were kind of like, they're a little worried because of like, 
can you afford it? And everybody else, but they're like, but that's a good opportunity. Like, I hope you can do it. And the other half was kind of like, why would you leave all your friends? I'm like, mm-hmm. and the year that I was gone m- opened my eyes because I didn't have all the added added history that these people already had with me. I was able to make friends on just who I was at the moment. And I was realizing that a good chunk of those friends, which I did get rid of most of them a year or two after I got back. It's like they still saw me as a kid when they first met me, which some of them was like junior high. Like, dude, it's been like a decade. Like, you could update a few things about me, please. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the idea that like going, you don't even have to just upend your whole life and leave to do some of these big things. Like sometimes you can just up in like parts of it where go on a longer vacation, go on, do like a volunteer tour or something else. Like I know there's all these opportunities out there that can get you completely out of your norm, but still mm-hmm. shake things up enough, but still have yeah. like the idea of like, I'm still going to go back, but you still can't not bring what you learn back with you. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I know there's like, there's so much privilege in what I've been able to do between my American passport. I had friends who were able to get me a job on the island. I, um, you know, am a white cisgender straight presenting woman. So I have a lot of, I have credit cards, so I have a lot of access and a lot of privilege. And so there are, of course, people who don't have all of the access that I do. And so if you're trying to start living differently, just start, you can start small too, exactly like you said, that maybe it's taking that class that you've been thinking about for years, or it's asking that person out on a date, or it's like, it's doing the things that scare you slowly. Like, I mean, this was like a, this was many years in the making, like the big move. Like I had traveled internationally and I had made career changes. So I had built up my, uh, risk taking muscle. (laughs) Um, so if you're not used to taking big risks or you're not able to take really big risks for whatever reason, you can start, you can start small and just start incorporating more adventure or more risks into your life. Um, however that might look like for you. Yeah. And the thing is too, is like the one small risk you do will help build up to other things. It opens you up to seeing other possibilities. Like for the longest time, I tried all these different free classes, um, like introductory classes and everything else. And I, it gave me the idea of like just being the only person there by my, I was by mm-hmm. myself. I was learning new things. Like it wasn't nothing dangerous. There's, especially if you're in a city, like I do understand some, like country places, it's a little harder to do so many things. But like, I took different dance classes. I tried different martial arts. I've done all these different things. And it brought me to where I am now because I was able exactly. to just, I, I kept pushing little things. But of course, me being an introvert, I'm, I'm used to doing stuff on my own. And it doesn't bother me only because I have no problem and nobody talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, everyone- yeah. <laughs> You can find someone every once in a while to go with you, or you can actually start making friends in some of these places, or at least have someone you like say hi to like, okay, they, they're just as clumsy as I am in this dance class. Like you could laugh together kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's little things, right? So it's like, 
say you're at work and there's a group of people who are always bugging you. Hey, come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. And you always say no, just say yes. Like there's a book by Shonda Rhimes called the year of yes, where she just, if it felt good, it wasn't just saying yes, like haphazardly, but you know, she would check in with herself. Like, does this feel good? Um, but sometimes you just have to make a conscious decision. Okay. I'm going to take a, some more risks this year. And it doesn't have to be like, sell all your stuff risky. It could just be, okay, I'll, I'll go out with those, you know, that group of coworkers after work and just see what happens. And maybe it's the worst time you've ever had. Okay, fine. Like don't do it again. Or maybe it's okay. This wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so now you've just opened yourself up to a new experience. And so you just keep doing that. And pretty soon you've built that muscle so that when big opportunities do come up, it's not such a scary leap. Yeah. I would have never thought to study abroad until someone else that I was talking to thought about it herself. Like she just said, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're having they're having an info session about studying abroad. Like one, I, I already know I'm privileged because I had the college that had the option for it. Mm-hmm. And then I had someone else that I was, we were literally I think I met her in a chemistry class, which I have no idea why I did chemistry because I just not even my major, like not even in science. <laughs> yeah. So you followed the nudges. Yeah. And so I just went with her. She didn't even go to study abroad. She was like, eh, that sounded interesting. I just don't have the time. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm going now. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great story. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of those things. It's like, and I only, I only talked to her for that semester for that class, but it was kind of those things of like, it's just, you never know what's going to happen in your life. Like keep yourself yeah. open to all these different things. Some of these people who come in your life, it's not a waste of time because you're not like close friends. They're there to teach you something or they're there to open you up or give you or show you a direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And so do you have any other last tips for anybody about I mean, honestly, how, how do people get into coaching? Cause I actually never looked mm. into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's lots of ways. I definitely recommend going through some sort of coaching program. Not that you necessarily have to get credentialed. I have taken my coaching career um, to a higher level where I'm credentialed through the International Coaching Federation. But I think having just some sort of training because coaching is a different language. It's not giving advice. Like it's, it's just, it's a very nuanced way to have a conversation with somebody. So I definitely think training helps. Um, And then just, I mean, you can come in and join my group on Facebook, Wild Woman Rising. um, And there's literally a market for everything, everything. Um, And most people have transferable skills that they don't think could work because let's see, how do I say this? Um, when things come so easy to you, you sometimes think, oh, well, anybody could do this, but that is not the case. A lot of people have a skill set that does not come easy to other people that people would be willing to pay for. So, um, yeah, there's so many different there's so many different training programs. Um, I'm happy to talk to people about the programs that I've gone through, um, and then 
yeah, getting support around building the business because those are two, also two different skill sets. So coaching is a skill set and being an entrepreneur is a completely different skill set as well. Yeah. And I'll definitely will be linking your Facebook group in the show notes as well as the blog post. So if everybody wants to take a look at it, they can, they can find you. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. This was definitely very helpful. I love showing people's stories on how they kind of weave and jump around to finally get to where they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Check out CourageousCreativity.co to get all the info on our guests, download any freebies, or to check out my other podcasts.